Hello and welcome to GKAD, the podcast born from the hard work and dedication of four individuals who love J-Music. We are the weebles that wobbled but never fell down, and this episode we will be reviewing Mflo's eighth album, Future is Wow. I am Jay Lee. I'm Erin. And you can call me Zero, just the same as all the episodes for the last five years, if you people aren't getting it. Oh god, it. five years. We're so old. <laughs> That's a fifth of my lifetime. Um, one fifth. Well, for me, it's, uh-huh, it's only one sixth of my lifetime. Wait. You're so old. <laughs> I'm still 19 years old. I don't know what you people are talking about. <laughs> in my pocket no rhyme or reason no science or vision i just felt it i just know the future is now took a million years and broken relationships but now i feel it i just know my future is wow you can set the clock in me make me feel brand new i can't reach my destiny when i'm with you i can see forever we will be Future is Wow is Mflo's eighth studio album and the third album since their Loves series ended. Now they're doing something a little bit different, although it's kind of like they're going back to what they once were in a weird way. Anyways, I'm just gonna flip this to the the two of y'alls. What'd you think of Future is Wow? This is the first Mflo album since the Love series ended. <laughs> oh, I... I... I mean, Square One did very little for me. Nevin took a long time to grow on me. It eventually did. Um, but, I mean, it was it was months of listening to the songs over and over before I found, you know, two or three that I decided were, oh, actually, this is pretty good, you know? It was, um, you know, it, Taku's production had sort of taken a turn for the conventional, which was upsetting because he did so many things that were so different um, especially during the beginning of Mflo's love era and uh, after the Lisa era, like that sort of in between time when he was uh, producing for other people and um, and uh, you know at the beginning of the love series they were kind of like oh this is way better than anything they did with Lisa cool kind of a not not like good riddance I don't want to be like rude to Lisa or anything like that because her voice was nice um, but it was um, like Astromantic felt like the Mflow album, you know? That, that to me, is sort of, uh, in my mind, that's what Mflow is supposed to sound like, is the, the material on Astromantic. And uh, there are sort of a lot of definitive production techniques and, you know, methods of, of sampling and using samples that Taku Takahashi traditionally uses uh, that, since their comeback after the Love series, he kind of eased up on, uh, seemingly, you know, for the sake of sounding a little more conventional, which, um, like, I understand wanting to kind of ease people back into you after a long hiatus. I totally get that. But, I mean, after their hiatus, when Lisa left, they came back and freaking blew our minds. So why, after this last hiatus, did Taku and Verbal come back and just kind of, uh, you know, crap out something that was uh, okay, but it, I mean, it wasn't going to make them stand out the way the stuff on Astromantic did. They didn't blow our minds. They just gently held our mind's hand and walked us along the beach. And we were like, I guess this is fine, but what happened to the back alley blowjobs that I used to get from from Mflow? I am so with you on that, Aaron. I am so with you on that. It kind of felt like, uh, like a, 
the boy at school who's like tr he wants to ask you out but he just kind of does the occasional nice thing instead because he's too scared to approach you too scared to just get into it um, and, and that's what I felt like and Flo did with Square One. I mean, they really were back to Square One. They sounded like an indie group who, you know, happened to be talented. So this album was just kind of like, oh, thank God, it sounds like Taku again. <laughs> you know, the the samples on here were excellent. Very, very good job copying and pasting and repeating. It, he didn't rely on vamping as much as he did the first, the first two albums after this. He's back to sort of sounding like he's improvising and just being awesome, but at the same time, he couldn't possibly be improvising because they're, you know, samples that need to be arranged very deliberately, you know? Um, it, Taku is extremely good at do, making feelings happen, but on purpose, as opposed to just, you know... Taku is good at creating hip-hop that has that feeling coming out of it, but obviously he's doing it in a very controlled and deliberate fashion in order to make those emotions come out. And with Square One and Nevin, that just wasn't happening. The emotions just weren't happening. Um, except by accident. It felt like by accident a couple of places on Nevin it happened. <laughs> but on this album, this one, this album feels personal. Especially, I mean, if you look at the lyrics too, it clearly is. Um... You know, you got Verbal on there rapping about, you know, sort of becoming a pop star because he wants to do art. And then uh, later on in, in Spark, he mentions basically selling his soul to the devil. And then it, it all becomes about money and partying and girls and then the haters. And that's really the focus of this album is is their sort of attitude towards the haters. Um, Irony is a really crazy interesting track, which is the most unconventional on here. And it was, it was a digital single before the album came out. So when I heard it before, I was like, what is this album going to do? Um, and the, the album sort of comes to a head at the end where the more um, optimistic sort of, um, you know, find a way sounds very traditional M-Flow. Um, like Lisa era traditional M-Flow. Mako sounds just like Lisa, which is one of my notes. Yes. And, and it works so perfectly well because the sound of that track on the whole is a very... Hey, let's take Mflow back to Mflow again. Sort of sound. Some of the best tracks on this, though, which is funny, are, are the ones that are in English because Verbal's rapping is actually quite emotional in a lot of places. Um, on Fly, like I just want to give him a hug, you know, because he's and he's rapping about how when you're when you're famous and when you're a public figure. You know, you sort of, you know, lose yourself over time. At first, because you're, you know, trying to portray a certain character and, and be a certain type of person to the general public. And then you're trying to keep up with the times and you're trying to keep in style. You're trying to stay relevant. And you get lost in that. And his rap about who are your real friends is really good. I mean, it just, oh, he, he's, oh my God. I, I, I love that part so much. I think it's so effective and so well done. Um, everything that the album does right, I feel like Young and Restless does right. Um, it's just uh, the whole album's, you know, best pieces stuck together into one thing. I mean, the album's not without its faults, you know. Um, Soul should really have not not have been singing falsetto the entire way through Go Crazy. It did not sound good at all. Um, you know, uh, admittedly, you know, find a way. It sounds like old school inflow, but like by the end of the album, I was kind of tired. It does stretch on too long. So, you know, after about Own the Sky, I was kind of done. You know, Show You More was good because it was just kind of like, hey, n normal girl. And I'm going to have this sort of you know, deep thought process about, crap, what am I doing with my life? You know, and it was good and everything. But I feel kind of like Show You More should have been kind of an outro track, you know, 
like the the falling action after the the optimistic climax of Own the Sky, you know. So I did not expect to come on to GKAD today and have my entire worldview completely smushed on the ground and stepped upon because now that I've listened to your review, I am like, did we listen to the same album? <laughs> did I ever even like M-Flow? I don't know the answers to these questions now. <laughs> Honestly, Zero, I... For the most part, I could not disagree more. Exactly. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jaylee. I was like, am I the crazy one here? Am no, I, I mean, the crazy one. I, I mean, I, um, I agree that his, um, his rapping is on point and he actually has some very interesting lyrics this time around as opposed to Nevin and Square One. So when I was listening to Future's Wow, it kind of struck me. It sounded a lot like Cosmicolor Part 2. And in my opinion, Cosmicolor is Enflo's best album. You said Astromantic, I think Cosmicolor. I just feel like it blends the kind of love style with their, you know, hip-hop roots. And I feel like this album was very similar. I mean, even just down to the interludes and the intros, a lot like the Love's era. Which, you know, Square One and Nevin didn't really have that similar kind of narrative structure, if you will. I just didn't really care for this album. And I started it... At first, I liked it. I think Spark is great. I think... I really like to go crazy for the most part. Um, I pretty much like everything up until Young and Restless. And then once we get to Welcome to Baseline, I feel like the album just kind of takes a dip. But then we get to Irony, which I really loved. It was very soundscapey, very... Like you said. I, I agree with everything you said about that particular song. Um, but then after that, it just kind of went down and never really found its way back which admittedly Nevin had a pretty bad end but I feel like the songs that were great on Nevin were amazing and Future's Wow there isn't really anything where I'm just kind of like yeah this is amazing um, yeah exactly that's where I'm at too I I will say I love My Way but I love it as an Ayumi Hamasaki song as opposed to an Enflo song um, I love the instrumentation, and I love that it's more, instead of, like, a declaration, it's kind of a personal affirmation. It's a bit more quieter, it's a bit more toned down and slower, and I just really love that about it, you know? I was just kind of like, you know, I'm just gonna do shit my way, I'm the queen, the end. But it's not, you know, kind of in your face, like so many of those declarative kind of songs are. So I thought that was a really nice turn, but other than that, I just didn't really care for the album i i think that nevin and square one are such fun vibrant joyous albums um even though there are quite a few stinkers between the two of them i mean i'm definitely going to call a spade a spade jaylee i actually have to say something kind of fascinating as i think about it here um everything that you've said about this album i am 100 in agreement with I think this comes down to a matter of personal taste. Like, you're talking about how you like that Square One and Nevin are vibrant and joyous. I don't want vibrant and joyous. <laughs> I don't enjoy... That is what I want. I don't enjoy vibrant and joyous. I enjoy personal and thoughtful and uh, introspective. That's what I look for in pop music, which is why I got into Ayumi Hamasaki in the first place. You know, that was what she did, and that was what set her apart, you know? I, I think, yes, from a technical standpoint, I do believe this is a return to form for Taku Takahashi. For me, the problem that I had with it is that 
partly I was looking for this like really joyous kind of thing and I didn't get it. But on the other hand, I actually thought that most of the album was either messy or boring. There were a couple of good songs. I completely agree with you on Irony and Young and Restless best tracks easily. Um, And there were a couple of good ones, but most of them, like even my way, I don't I don't like the way it sounds like instead of two artists come together and make a song together, it sounds like Ayu put in her part and then Taku put in his part and then they just said, okay, public, here you go. And nobody ever actually put it together. It sounds jarring to me. And a lot of the songs, at least in my opinion, were kind of that way. Um, Show you more, find a way, my way, she got me. I just was like, it sounds like Two different people went into a room and then recorded their tracks, blindfolded, earplugs in, and then that's what you get. Nobody really thought about how to merge them into a single coherent song. It's this kind of weird mishmash of mixed up stuff. And that's what I didn't really like about the album. Even though there are some good songs, I was just like, you know, if it's not conventional, then it's super 90s, usually not in a nostalgic way, in my opinion. And if it's not super 90s, then it sounds really mushed together and odd. And so when you say that it's returned to form for Taku, I'm like, oh god, I hope not. Did I actually like this guy? You're giving her an identity crisis. I, I, I totally, exactly. I'm like, I listened to this guy in Japan. He remixed 1OK Rock in the best way I have ever heard. Is that not the real... Taku Takahashi? I have to admit, I you know, I don't have like the huge amount of experience with Mflow that you guys do. Um, I think I started in on like Beat Space 9 or something. I just know that when I was first getting into Japanese music that was not Glay, Mflow was like like my rock. I was like, they're so good. They cannot go wrong. And then I listened to this and I'm like, they can go wrong. What happened to them? Yeah. I just think this album, like, yeah. for the most part, it's just really forgettable, which sucks. And yeah. and then you have a song like Fly, which I love everything about it, except for the vocals, which are so fucking annoying, because they sound so awkward. It's like, whoever told you to sing in English should be punched in the face, because that is not your strong suit. I was going to say, to me, Fly is the poster song for my complaint. It sounds like... Taku and Verbal were like, oh, this is a cool song. Let's try to shoehorn it onto our album. It totally did not, it completely did not work for me. Like, I really hated the vocals as well. I'm completely with you there. But it sounds, again, like I said, like they just took a song and then threw some beats on top of it, made a little beat sandwich, and then they're like, there you go, there's some music. I could have done that. I I do think that it sounds like the most conventionally M-Flow loves track, though, in mm-hmm. pr- in certain parts, you know? Yeah. Like, it's constructed in a very kind of cookie-cutter cookie loves way. And it's just frustrating. I don't know. I love everything about that. And now, once that- again, my identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's like a pale imitation, really. Okay, that's fair. Nevin and Square One, like, it was almost too polished at certain points. Yeah. It kind of came off as glitzy. Yeah. But this one, some of the songs just don't come together. I would rather have that than 
polish to the point of being glitzy though, because it's not glitzy to me anymore when it's that level of polish, it's homogenized. I guess it's my I have the same feeling about this album as you guys did about the Alice Nine mm. album where I'm just like, you know, that's great. Get those emotions out and then make them into good songs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can I can because well like I said, there are absolutely mixing and, and balance issues on this album. It um well it, it sounds like it was, you know, produced and recorded by people in two thousand two or two thousand three instead of now. Technologically speaking, like Taku is clearly working basically the same way he always has, which is a problem. Because the stuff that made his work charming back then, you know, he's not doing for the most part. He, uh, it's like he's, I don't know if, if the lyrics of irony are any indication. It's like he tried really hard to um, sound more commercial and more commercially viable and like he could sell better. So he kind of abandoned what, in my opinion, made a lot of his early work special, you know, in order to be less offensive and in order to get more paying work. You know, good for him, but he this album is probably a step in the right direction it's just not it's not there yet i will absolutely agree i weirdly wouldn't say that square one or nevin is kind of that kind of selling out or anything because this this isn't the type of music that sells in japan this isn't this the sound of japan it's a very it's a much more japanese take on a traditionally western edm kind of european sound um but that's not really a lucrative sound for them i i wouldn't say that they're I'd say that, if anything, it was very risky. No, it's... Well, the thing is, like, that's what they do. It's what they've always done. It's what they've always known how to do, is that sort of um, hip-hop-infused EDM. Um, And I think that's probably where a lot of the the frustration that I'm hearing on this album, and that I've heard from Taku over the last couple of years, is that this is what he does, and for a while, it did work. And they did sell pretty well. They were making top tens in the Oricon chart fairly consistently. And then suddenly this wasn't what anybody wanted anymore. Um, you know, it, it, people had a lot of respect for Taka Takahashi once upon a time. And now it's like, now, now people think, now people think M-Flow is a rapper. It's upsetting. Nobody, like, I'm, I'm on these IU forums listening to people, what, sorry, reading people talking about the song. It's just like, oh, I don't like when M-Flow raps. And I was just like, oh my God, Cowboy Bebop in his computer. Ah. <laughs> It, it's it's infuriating that like once upon a time M-Flow were important and they were known for doing just you know a different version of this I think this album demonstrates very very clearly and if if Taka Takahashi takes anything away from this if he and Verbal listen to this review if they take anything away from this I want them to take away that they are never going to please everybody um that with this album absolutely they are going to alienate some fans and with this album they are going to bring some fans back it depends on what those particular fans are looking for i like thoughtful introspective but well-produced stuff so i thought this was awesome and in my opinion you don't get points for introspection when it ends up being sloppy True facts. For me, you do. Well, when the lyrics are that well written, for me, nope, you do. that was the last word. So, We're done. Nope, not the last word. Not the last word. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GKAD. You can follow us all on Twitter. I am GKJ Lee. They are GKAaronER1N and GK0ZER0. The show itself is jpopjrock underscore. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to GKAD and sticking through for this slightly longer episode. Until next time, I am Jay Lee. I'm Erin. And I am standing alone on a star floating through the heavens. 
Johnny. <laughs> 